Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They is buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you. The end of the week, the end of the month, the last day of June, June 30th, 2023. How you doing? Hope you're doing well. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. And it's the end of the week. Uh, Stormy day yesterday. Hopefully everybody's doing all right. Properties are doing just fine and uh, i think this weekend's probably going to be more of the same but i had a nice thursday went out to dinner baby was great no issues at all uh so no complaints on my end nick roush how was your thursday how you doing on 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 your friday morning it, it was it was good tj i went out to dinner as well and um we did a little uh bar hopping through uh nula it was a lot of fun Checked out some places hadn't been to before. Uh, I had some 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 duck for dinner with some plantains. Plantains, so good. Just very uh, uh, underrated uh, food. Uh, Scoots, you ever you ever had old duck? I've had duck. You've gotten wild with your game. Yeah, I've had duck. Never plantains though. So, plantains look like bananas. But yes, they're I'm aware of what sweeter. a plantain is. But you're just too chicken to try one. Yeah, so I don't, it's like a banana. You know, looks like a banana. <laughs> I'm, I'm, are, you, are you familiar with what a plantain is? I like bananas, so I'm sure I would like plantains. But yeah, if I anytime I go to a restaurant and it's got plantains on the menu, I'm just like, uh, I, there's much. There's so many other sides that I'd rather have, but that's because I've never tried them. So I'm sure if I tried them, I would fall in love. But I'm just too chicken. Buck buck. No, definitely not duck. Uh, <laughs> But uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. We uh, the the there was a a place that used to be a sandwich shop, and all of a sudden now it's this bar with like a bunch of nice fancy schmancy bourbons, and they had it like a speakeasy kind of feel downstairs. We got the concrete walls and a jazz bands playing. Um, I asked how much one pour of one bourbon was, and it was one hundred twenty dollars, and I about pooped my pants. That was funny. Um, not not used to seeing those prices for one drink, let alone. I don't want a bottle, but what, just a drink. What was that bourbon, Roush? It was Old Fitz, which if you see Old Fitz Gerald at the store, it's like $10 a bottle. This was 
I, I was curious what the price was because it said 19 years old and it was sir like it was in a decanter like glass. So I was like, this has got to be, this has got to be the good stuff. And yeah, it, it, it definitely was. Um, but that place was kind of cool, even though there was some people behind me that were, I think, kind of making out. Yeah, that was that was a little awkward. Um, but uh, the the night really capped off with just eating churros, and I I just had my life changed by these churros that got served in a in a cart that like I would imagine in the old days would be pushed by like a little monkey, you know, like it was just like this tiny little thing, and it had like the churros sticking out and had all the different dipping sauces. Uh, New, very cool place. Very cool place. So go go explore it, people. It's, it's fun. You get out of the South End every once in a while, you may discover some other parts of Louisville. I'm, well, that's the thing, too, is I when I go places now, like when I go out, TJ, that's where I go. And, I, you know, oftentimes it's just to like Taj or Garage Bar or maybe Galaxy or something like that. And I've eaten different restaurants down there. Uh, but at, every time I go down there, there's something new popping up. So... Um, I don't know. it's a cool spot. I, I do have a question for you though, TJ, because this gets back into one of our great debates. We love debating time zones. Uh, we love getting mad at, uh, we talk seasons, we talk weather, city geography is Nulu downtown Louisville. I, I mean, no, it's Nulu. Yeah, but it, I mean, it, but it's, it's, just on the, it's just on the outskirts of downtown. That's not downtown Louisville. See, whenever they have these renewed, uh, I saw something in the Curry Journal. They're trying to get development in the old uh, Museum Plaza site. Um, they're trying to get people back downtown. I mean, it's a half mile from downtown. It's right there. You just cross over. Like it's for, To drive from Whiskey Row to Nulu takes, I don't know, two minutes to go through the lights. I consider that like still downtown. It's still popping. Now it's a part of downtown. It's just a different part of downtown. For what it's worth, Roush, and this is coming from a Hoosier, I would consider Nulu part of downtown as well. Yeah. Woohoo. So how many parts of downtown are there? Um, well, you have the downtown. You have uh, uh let me see here. You would have Nulu. Uh you would also have they have like the uh, judicial the center. Right, that's that's, that's a part, different. Part. That's that's not the part of the downtown. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it. That's what I'm saying. It's one of the parts of downtown. You have the museum district. That's different than the the Belvedere and then the Whiskey Row part, portion. Fourth Street Live. That's downtown Louisville, and that's probably farther away from the big skyscrapers than Nulu is. No, so that's absolutely that's a hundred percent not true. It's like what. Five blocks from the 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 big uh, Aegon. Oh man, I'm really dating myself calling it the Aegon Tower. I don't know what the big dome is called, but uh, it's Muhammad Ali. That's like five or six blocks from Main Street. This is just you know five or six blocks uh, east of uh, of First Street. Yeah, I guess it it doesn't really matter. It's totally up to different people what they consider that part of town. Um, you're doing a better job making examples instead of when you first started and you said the parts of downtown, the first part of downtown is downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Much better uh, uh, argument you, there. You, uh, you, 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 you did come around. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it could, I, it, I mean, it doesn't really matter semantics wise. I just, when people say that downtown is dead, I'm like, if you just look to your right, there's a ton of people there, like lots of busy restaurants, 
um, and places to go, people to see. So, like, um, I, the the my point is downtown Louisville not dead. Yeah, and with especially when you go east out of downtown, downtown's almost like kind of down in a valley. Probably why it's flooded so frequently. Yeah. And Nulu is still in that valley. Th- that would be a point to your argument is that like once you start driving up the hills, that's when you get to Germantown and that's when you get to the Highlands and that's when you start to, or Clifton, that's when you do kind of get out of the Nulu area. Mm-hmm. And so if you wanted to consider downtown pretty much everywhere where kind of the hills come in, uh, that that's an argument I could probably get. Yeah. Geography argument. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I do like when when people say like if somebody was like, "Hey, I'm downtown," I wouldn't think that they're at Nulu. I would think that if they were at Nulu, they'd say they're at Nulu, close to downtown, but not downtown. I have made the walk from uh, the Omni to the Nulu area, and man, um, that that would be my one argument against it. Um, yeah, I, I've also I've made the walk from the Yum Center to Nulu bars, and it's just. Just about to be a pain in the ass. Part of downtown. By the time you get there, <laughs> yeah, it feels exactly. like it's a different part of town. It's such a long walk, but it's man, but, we did it. Like, yeah, we got there. Yeah, and you know what? We um, just shout out to Louisville. That's cool. It's very cool. All the stuff that you got over there. Just a lot of different varieties. Like, uh, just, you know, went to a Mayan place. Went to a Mexican place. Went to the seltzer place. Like that. That place is weird. It's different. It's cool. Just it was a it was a. It was an enjoyable time. So, shout out to Louisville for being a cool city. You heard it here first. Shout out to Louisville. Text on in to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. They're Louisville's gas station. They're all over Louisville, every corner. I'm sure Roush probably crossed several of them while he was out and about downtown, or Nulu, depending on which way you want to look at it. Uh, you can get a eighty for 89 cents. You can get 32 ounces of your favorite soda. And just for signing up and being a refreshing rewards member, you can get five cents off a gallon at Thornton. Make sure you download that app and text on into the Thornton's text line today, Friday edition of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Scoots, how was your Thursday? What'd you get into? We got a nice detailed report from Roush. I need equal details. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your all's mind here. So I debated going out to dinner last night. I was in I was really in the mood for some pizza. But I told myself a couple months ago that I was never eating Papa's again. And that's one of the only pizza places near my house. So for the second trip in a row, or the second day in a row that I wanted pizza, not second day in a row, but second time in a row that I wanted pizza, I went to the grocery store and I bought me a frozen pizza, some chicken tenders, and some ice cream, and I had me a big old dinner last night as I was <laughs> as I was sitting there watching the match. So it was it was a great Thursday. I really, really loved the match. I, I, I'm a big fan of that event. So, yeah, I had a great Thursday. I, I just love how proud of yourself you are, Scoots. You I went am. to the grocery to buy food, and it's yeah. just frozen pizza and frozen chicken. I, yeah, so I did the thing where I just bought food for last night. Not not for the week, just for last night. Did um did you get the frozen pizza, or did you get the kind of deli style that's um, ready to bake but not frozen? Oh, no, frozen pizza me up. What brand? Yeah, any kind. I'm uh, I'm not really picky. I think yesterday I might have went in with the Kroger brand, which is was a oh. somewhat somewhat of a mistake. That's, Nor- why you, that's why you didn't mention the brand. Normally, you were generic. Normally, you were generic Kroger brand. Normally, I go like Tombstone 
Um, because I, I don't, I'm not really that picky when it comes to frozen pizza. Like it's all just okay. None of it's great. None of it's like really bad. So yeah, I go the cheaper route when it comes to frozen pizza. Just another wild story. It, oh, well. I mean, it's just such commonplace now that like scoots you're very proud of yourself for thursday night going to the store i was with you roush where i was like i got me some deli meats i made me the most <laughs> bomb blt I, I got uh got a salad or something like that no like uh, he made the meal that i made my kids when i went to go out to eat right <laughs> like that was that was exactly i'm eating I, in fact i ate some of the leftover kroger pizza this morning that was what we had to before we left <laughs> don't forget the ice cream though the ice cream is the best part. I, Kroger, Kroger makes some bomb generic ice cream. I, I got the Kroger brand ice cream as well, so y'all can suck it. Yeah, there that 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 is not a bad choice. I'll give you that one, Scoots. Um, but I I did. This was one of those times where, unlike Trevor, when I'm wrong, I won't just dig my heels in. I I I, I tried to act like the Kroger brand was as good as DiGiorno, and TJ was right. DiGiorno is a superior first. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Wow, that's huge, Roush. That means a yeah. lot. I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't that, expecting that. Today. So much maturity, right? I, mean, I really don't think it's a hot take. Like the, the the generic, just store brand pizza, not as good as a company that actually specializes in pizza. But you've come around on it all the same. I, I'm I'm an adult now. You're a big guy. It was yeah. honest. I. I avoided disaster last night with that pizza too. I put it on the center oven rack, like it said on the box, and I go check it like 15 minutes in. And two of the sides are like falling through the racks in the oven. So I'm like freaking out. I get a knife and I'm like turning this pizza so I can try to salvage the edges. Because that's the last thing I want is dough dripping to the bottom of my oven. Good grief. But yeah, I saved it. So good. Good. I, I, I'm not a, I have a little pizza pan thing to put it on. I don't trust just putting it in the oven rack. That like, I don't know, something about it. It just. Feels like I'm playing with fire. See, that's where you and I are different, Roush. I follow directions. I make sure to read the box. If it tells me to put it on the directly on the oven rack, I'm putting it directly on the oven rack. <laughs> Gotta do what you're told. <laughs> Even if it is a messier way than just sticking it on a tray. That's right. <laughs> the old pizza, chicken tenders, ice cream, Thursday night combo, scoots, living large. Just basic scoots is like what every seven or eight year old is like. When I get up, when I grow up, <laughs> I'm having pizza and chicken tenders for dinner, and I'm having as much ice cream, and nobody can stop me. Don't 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 forget the beer too. I was I was drinking some cold ones as well. Oh my goodness gracious! You're a large scoots. It was a great Thursday. Large. It was a great Thursday. I, I, my worst food poisoning I ever got. I, it, it was the war. I mean, really, quite literally, probably one of the worst nights of my life. I went to Little Caesars to get a hot and ready. And then right next to Little Caesars in Lexington, near where I lived, sophomore year of college, was a Baskin Robbins. Went to Baskin Robbins, got me some ice cream. On the way home, I, you know, I, I may have had I may have had a slice just in traffic and may have eaten a little bit of the ice cream in traffic. And I don't know. One, one of those two things totally and completely betrayed me. So, Scooch, you got to be careful when mixing your pizza with your ice cream, at least in my brain, because that's I got food poisoning from something in that combination. But well, I guess after hearing you, the only thing I was missing, if I would have just gotten some chicken tenders from somewhere, it would have equaled everything out. I probably would have been okay. No, that's the thing. See, you you all are married. You eat a different 
type of foods than I do on the regular. Uh, so my body's food. my body's just used to this. So that maybe that's what it is. Your body just wasn't used to it. That's that's why Trevor. He's just used to Arby's. And, yeah. it, and you know everything's everything works out fine. Great mop sticks. Hey, I got I got a coupon in the studio for you, TJ. If you want it next time you're here. Is it for Matzik? It is. Yeah. Trevor's got a stack of probably 20 Arby's coupons, and they're all the exact same. You got you got <laughs> Matzik's option, and you got a beef and cheddar, classic beef and cheddar meal option. That's the only two things on these coupons. Well, what are, what's the coupon? What, what's, like, the deal? What's uh, the two twenty nine for four mozzarella sticks. Is that a good deal? Yeah, I mean, like, okay, I guess. And then a six ninety nine classic beef and cheddar meal. That, yeah, do- that, that doesn't seem know. great. I, I can tell. I can tell you the going rate for good mott sticks around town, but <laughs> a beef and cheddar cheese. I think, yeah, that's out of my out of my pay grade. Not sure I, if that's a deal at all. So it's a it's a minor deal there, but I'll take it. I'll take it. Why not? Why not? Uh, text on in 502-414-1450. 502-414-1450. Let me turn off the sound on that. Roush. It was uh, an interesting day. In UK land, UK football recruiting though we could probably spend a lot of time on that. Yeah, there's there's a lot happening, um, and yeah, I don't think we had a lot of uh, earth shattering news, but there was a lot of uh, a lot of little things here and there. We've got um, uh, a new UK Hall of Fame class that's going to be inducted in this fall. That was exciting. Uh, we we can get to the other side. I wanted to start here because I'm very happy for my guy Freddie Maggard. He's been lobbying for Chris Chenault to get into the UK Hall of Fame for as long as I've known Freddie. Um, I've had the pleasure of meeting Chris a few times, and he he was one of the best players for Freddie or Jerry Claiborne's best teams. Um, he had 482 tackles his junior season. He had 160, just putting up obscene numbers, and that was a little bit more par for the course during his time, but I believe he's second in school history on the tackle list, and that's never going to get passed. And uh, he wasn't in the Hall of Fame. Freddie had tried – he'd been pounding on that door forever, pounding on that door, beating his hands on the table, trying to get it done, and finally the Lexington native got elected uh, to this upcoming 2023 Hall of Fame class. So very excited for Chris Chenault, very excited for Freddie. I know um, – it was pretty emotional for Chenault, like just realizing that it, it finally was going to happen after so many years thinking it wouldn't. So very, very cool to see. Um, and, and just I, I'm very happy for those guys because it's all those things too, TJ, that like uh, some of the people in this Hall of Fame are very obvious choices. It's when you get the kind of fringe borderline people that like it would mean so much to them, but you don't know if they're ever going to get in like that. that that's so cool. So cool. So very happy that uh, one of UK's best from an era that gets overlooked uh, quite often. There's those successful runs in the mid 80s that uh, one of their own is getting some shine. So very cool. Yeah, it is awesome. The complete list of the 2023 Hall of Fame class. uh, Robin Bodum. Mm -hmm. She was a gymnast in the 90s. As yep. you, mentioned, you mentioned the football edition uh, there. That's exciting. Uh, I didn't know all the backstory there, so I appreciate you filling us in. Danielle Day, she's a swimmer. Yeah, I, I 
That was right around our time. I did not remember her winning a national championship. So very cool. Very oh, that's cool. awesome. Dick Parsons, he's baseball. And then also did some uh, did some basketball as well. Dual sport athlete. He coached also- a little bit. That's, that's, that's pretty crazy. crazy. Yeah. He was the head head coach in baseball and also a men's assistant basketball coach at the same time. And then was only the head <laughs> baseball coach for three seasons, but stayed on as assistant basketball coach for an additional seven after that. That's like some high school stuff. You don't you don't see stuff like that anymore. Pretty nuts. Yeah, that is. So he was assistant on that nineteen seventy eight national championship team. Uh, he's also in the KHSAA Hall of Fame. Rajon Rondo. One of yeah. my favorite Kentucky Wildcats, at least to watch on the court. He was a lot of fun. Uh, that's well-earned and deserved. And then Ray Shreeby, who I'm not as familiar with. Yeah, yeah. He would have been just before AJ. So this is probably like Keith Madison's best player, I want to say, if he was 2006. So yeah, led UK to his first SEC championship. SEC player the, of the year. Yeah, he was the first SEC player of the year in UK baseball history, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, you think I'd remember him a little bit more. Uh, no, I do not. Sure. So congrats to all those. Yeah, as Roush said, that's a, it's a huge honor. For some people, it's like, this is big. You know, Rajon Rondo, how excited is he to be in the UK Hall of Fame? I'm sure he's pretty excited about it for what it's worth. But right, for some of these right. other folks, oh, yeah, this is absolutely a huge deal. So congrats to all of them. Thursday, yeah, mu- and it, Thursday must have been Hall of Fame day. Did you all see Ernie Johnson got elected into the Hall of Fame yesterday? I did, and they let Charles Barkley break the news to him. That That was was cool. It was a cool moment, yeah. Oh, man, I'm going to have to check that out. It was awesome. Ernie almost cried on live television. I, um, I, I, Hall of Fames, like, the reason why you have them, it's not only to honor the, like, your, your greatest players, but it's also, uh, it's it's a it's a lesson to kids out there. You're like you're teaching them the history of your programs, um, and I mean, especially for somebody who's a UK baseball fan, right? Like, there's a kid who just he grew up loving watching baseball. He loved the Cats. This year they had an awesome run. Now he wants to know more about baseball, and he can look up Ryan Streeby and say like, "Oh wow, this guy was awesome back in 2006, under their first SEC championship." So I know that part of what I, I, I'm pretty sure that part of what the Memorial Coliseum renovation is to find a better way to permanently celebrate uh, the UK Hall of Fame members. And I, I just think that's really important. Um, I know there's a small spot in the concourse on the Tate's Creek Road or Alumni Drive, like that sort of entrance side of the stadium, um, where you can kind of see people that are in the UK Football Ring of Honor, see people that are elected to the Hall of Fame. Um, but like, I, I, I just think that's so important because when I was a little kid, you know, you got short attention spans. If I was at Rupp Arena, I'd look up at the rafters and ask my dad, well, who's that guy? And, you know, when I was at uh, Old Commonwealth Stadium, I remember seeing Shipwreck Kelly, you know, and you, you just see those names. You ask your dad or your grandpa or your uncle, who's that guy? And then you, you learn a little bit about some of the greats of the past. So um, I'm just I'm all for finding the best ways we can to honor these guys to teach the tradition of uh, Kentucky football, Kentucky basketball, Kentucky baseball, Kentucky athletics. Like, keeping that tradition alive is important, and uh, that's why, I like, I, just finding the best ways we can to, to shine a spotlight on these people, I, it's important. It's significant. I'd like to see the Ring of Honor be, like, rotating up there on those video boards a little bit more often. Uh, I know we all have our different qualms with what should be on the video boards or not, and I know they're in the rotation sometime, TJ, but 
Um, I, th- I think it should be on the ticker a little, a little bit more often during those timeouts, but that's just me. Totally fine with me. I put them on just the rotating ribbon bur- boards during the timeouts. Yeah. I think that'd yeah. be cool as well. They are doing some different stuff. I- I've seen that on Twitter where they've, they've hired somebody to kind of work on the video boards and make them nicer, look better. We're going uh, full they're, screen finally. They're, they're going full screen. It, I hope this person – I hope that they're going to change whatever the hell was going on last year. It was horrible. You'd have, like, week one scores still left up there on the board. Yeah, You'd have just wrong, like, stats up there that they wouldn't update or they'd have some glitch on or something like that. Uh, it was it, – it's such, a, like, a small, minuscule thing that you, you don't, that you take for granted. Just get that stuff figured out. And, yeah, I'm totally with you. Show show the the ring of honor a little bit more. Show the people that are in the Hall of Fame more. I'm I'm down with that. I thought that was a nice little message you sent there. We're going to take our first break. We'll come back. I do want to ask Scoot something else about his Thursday night, something that I did myself, and it wasn't going to the grocery store and getting pizza and chicken tenders and ice cream, although it does sound good. Something else about our Thursday nights. Uh, and we need to get to the Thornton sex line as well. So keep them coming in. 502-414-1450. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. DJ Walker. And Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Uh, are you habitually using drugs, stimulants, alcohol? No. No, just asking. With Walker and Roush. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. We're talking about Salsarita's two locations in Louisville. If you've got any events this summer, workplace, graduation party, won't be too long where it's like going back to school sort of parties, just keep Salsarita's in mind. No party too big, no party too small for Salsarita's catering. It's delicious, brought right to your door if you want, or we'll be waiting for you hot and ready, ready to go at the store. They've got a location in Middletown. It has a drive-through in St. Matthews. And if you're not considering them for catering, consider them for lunch or dinner this weekend. Great for big families. Let the kids run around. Everybody can kind of get something different, pick a different plate, eat nachos, wildly addictive chips, hot spicy salsa, creamy, delicious, hot queso. They've got it all at Salsaritas. Two locations in town. Now I'm hungry. And you don't have to uh, rely on the weather for your cookout with Salsaritas. It's been raining a lot. No, just Get the Salsaritas queso, fresh rice, beans, marinated meats. All good stuff. So good. uh, We we got lost on the pizza tenders ice cream talk, but Mm -hmm. uh, you did say that you were watching the match last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watched. uh, I think I made it through the first eight holes, and it was a blowout. So I went to bed. Yeah, I watched a, a good chunk of it as well. Probably around similar to, to, to where you dropped off is where I did. They were up four, I think, with mm-hmm. five to play. Yep. And uh, it was. It was an absolute blowout. The NFL guys gave the NBA guys the business. It was Love Patrick it. Mahomes and Travis Kelsey versus Steph Curry and Clay, Clay Thompson. He was horrible. Clay was terrible. Oh, he was, yeah. 
awful. He had to be terrible because isn't Steph like a legit pro-am player? Well, Steph didn't play very well either, for what it's worth. No, he didn't. He missed a lot of shots and a lot of putts that Steph Curry normally would make. Do you know how do you know that? I've watched him on several uh, pro like pro am tours, like when they play that celebrity tournament out in California. I watch that almost every year. Yeah, I, I know I'm pretty familiar with Steph's game. I apologize. I'll back down. I didn't <laughs> realize you were a Steph Curry golf expert. Uh, they were a bad team, but Clay especially he he didn't look good at all. Uh, and then the Chiefs guys, they just played good team golf. Like yeah. When one of them would mess up, seemed like the other one would stick it pretty close. When uh, they, you know, read each other's putts and do that sort of deal. They were Travis Kelsey was a pretty good golfer. I, I figured Mahomes would be, but Kelsey really hit a lot of nice shots. Yeah, so, and he's he but, hasn't been playing very long either. He he was talking on the broadcast about how he's been at the range for the last few weeks to try to figure some things out. But yeah, he hit a lot of really nice shots. Mahomes said before the match that. Kelsey will undoubtedly hit it longer than any of the other three that are out there, but he struggles with his command and control. So when he piped that first one right down the fairway, actually went across the fairway, across the cart path, I was like, holy smokes, this could be a long day for Steph and Clay. Yeah, and it was. It uh, it was. They won. It was it, I, it was fun. That course looked awesome in Vegas. I was pretty jealous looking at it, wishing I could I could play it. I do. I don't think the ratings for last night are going to be great, and I don't think they promoted it as much as they do some of these other golf right, matches. Yeah. But I hope they keep doing this. I hope the ratings are at least worthwhile enough to do it. I think it's. I think there's entertainment value. Oh, there. they'll definitely keep doing it. And in terms of last night, that was arguably my favorite one that they've done so far. Just because you had the whole Draymond Green and Von Miller aspect, and both of them didn't really know what was going on. So you had Steph like telling Draymond why he's doing certain things throughout the round. Like He put a divot in a green and was fixing it, and Draymond was like, well, why are you doing that? And Steph was like, well, if you don't, then the grass won't grow back here, and blah, blah, blah. So it was a lot of fun just hearing them educate Draymond and Von Miller on the game of golf as well. And I, I think that like that could be, you know, you you'd, you'd have such a tight window where you could be able to do it, but like there could be a little fun golf inner sport league, and you just do like two man teams, and you know for like maybe a, a, a three week span you could do like a little pool play or a little tournament, a little bracket, two man scramble or best ball, however they wanted to do the format for it, and. That'd be awesome. You get like eight people, four from the NBA, four from the NFL. If you want to, you know, I think WNBA is in season, but so I'm not sure if you could go to that. You get hockey guys. Yeah, hockey would be available as Which, well. If there's any, yeah, you, you, I mean, you'd open it up to any league that is available, open, and you get two players on a team that are like, hey, I'm. I, you'd probably need to make it where their handicap is like at least five or under. I don't know. You could go. That's part of the fun about these matches, too, though, is they'll hit shot scoots that you and I would definitely hit better shots. Yeah, than. no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. That, by the way, it's like a little bit more entertaining that like any given shot, they may just yeet it 50 yards past where they're aiming because they're just regular golfers like we are. But this is a wacky Wednesday genius idea. You get any again. You got to be on the same team, though. So you like Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, Clay and Steph. But you get two people from any team. They represent their team in this little league. 
I'd watch. I actually love that idea. Yeah, I would watch as well. Which brings up the point, which other sport would have the best golfers? I have the answer for you all, but I'm just curious where your heads are at. I, I feel like it could be, it doesn't really matter the sport so much. Yeah, I mean, we watched uh, old George Fant just tear the cover off a golf ball. Did he tear uh, the cover off the golf did. ball? Yeah, he certainly did because he was at Park Mammoth. You get better when you play golf at Park That's Mammoth. That's true. Everybody knows that. That's true. Um, I, I I would say that NFL players have the longest off season, so they would have they would they would have in theory the most time to work on their game during the off season. DJ, what's the answer? I, I would I would think just NBA players because if you, if you don't make the postseason, that's an extra two months of just getting well, to play golf. And we know Michael Jordan would often play golf in season. And That's like, true. Yeah, yeah. Like so play golf and then go play the game. John Daly. John Daly came out. I don't know if this was yesterday or it with. It was somewhat recently, and he said hockey players are the best golfers because they just absolutely tear the cover off the ball. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but anything that John Daly says, I will choose to believe. I mean, there's more to golf than just being able to absolutely chew, tear the cut. No, he off the he, he he had a nice long quote about it. I wish I could find it. I can't find it, but yeah, he was he um he's big on the he, hockey players playing golf. I would say that he has enough. Um, like part of his job, he plays with those athletes all the time and like pro aims and stuff. So he would have probably a good. Uh, uh, he he would be a good judge on that, you know. Um, but. Uh, trying to think he's played with golf with mark Seuss. it's two they got they get after it i wonder if all the hockey golfers have to use like hockey stick putters like happy gilmore <laughs> by the way did you all see there's a happy gilmore player in indiana yes and adam sandler like congratulated him because he's going to college i think he's going to play at ball state but yeah adam sandler congratulated him that was funny that's a that's good clean fun Good, clean, fun, Roush, is John Calipari talking to the media for the first time today since the season-ending loss to Kansas State way back in March. I just got to say that, like, to all the people at the UK Athletics Office, like, thanks for listening. I appreciate you all tuning into our show. We've been asking for numbers. The next day, you gave us numbers. We've been asking to hear from John Calipari. Well, 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 here we are, John Calipari talking to the media what a time to be alive and it's it's also he was spotted at the mbpa top 100 camp so he must have been feeling really froggy because i i believe that thing is still going on for a few more days if i'm not mistaken yeah uh, he's out and about he's a busy guy maybe just talking now uk would tell it would say it as well we're talking now because we got roster certainty and we can talk on more uh, on more things um but they didn't release this till last late last night that they were going to oh, do it today. It was like seven o'clock. Yeah. It's just like one bad, it's just one borderline. You all know, I don't take any of this stuff too seriously. And this is all for fun. And we have a lot of fun with it. Cause that's what sports is supposed to be an escape from reality. But a lot of this Roush is like border it borders on disrespectful to just flat out like unprofessional slash rude. Um, the media wants to hear from the head basketball coach at UK. It's been that way for about 80 years. And especially ramped up over the last 30 plus. 
uh, longer than that even. They want to hear from the head coach. It's not it's not, not the most difficult concept. It's not like a try to it's not a Joan Calamezzo get you sort of deal. We're not trying to get him. We do have questions, a lot of questions. And just to go as long as he did without doing the media, I, I think is not a good look. And then to when you finally do do it, to give media members a 14-hour heads up on the media opportunity. And then your Friday news dumping it, too. And then, like. yeah, I just, <laughs> like, there, never in a million years would it happen. I totally understand it. But, like, I, I'd be a little curious if the media was just like, nah, we're, we're not covering it. Like, he can, he can talk to nobody then, I guess. Uh, I wonder if that would wake UK up a little bit, that people are a little ticked off about the way they handle this sort of stuff. Never in a million years would that happen, and I understand it. And, I, and like, when I tweeted out probably a month ago, a month and a half ago, that he needs to talk, I was a little surprised by the reaction. I don't think the average fan really cares nearly as much about the coach talking as I do. And maybe there's some biases in it because I'm a media member and what he says is going to be content and it'll give us more stuff to talk about. I'm self-aware enough to know that I've got some stake in him talking because you get to learn more information. And I want to learn more about this team. I want to hear some answers about what was going on with the roster this offseason, what was going on with some of the swings and misses in the transfer portal. I'd like to hear those things. Uh, But I do understand that it's probably something, Roush, that we care more about than the average person does. Um, so I also don't want to spend a ton of time whining and crying about it, but at least he is talking, even if they don't give a ton of heads up on the, or, the whole thing. And I'll be very intrigued and interested to hear what he says. I hope he doesn't do the old Mitch Barnhart grandstand where, I mean, Cal oh, is just very talks guilty talks. of doing this, where yeah. you'll get one question and Cal, again, he, he's made an art of this to some degree where you'll take one question and you'll just run with it and you'll go a million different places. If you're lucky, you may kind of in a roundabout way answer the initial question, but you're definitely going to answer a bunch of other questions that weren't asked in his in his long-winded responses. I hope he'll just kind of get down to the, the brass, brass tacks, tacks of it all. Yeah. And, hey, what do you all have? You want me to answer this? I'll answer this. Let's move on to the next one. You need me to answer that? All right, I'll answer this. Let's move on to the next one. This is dreamweaving. He's not going to do that. but. At least he's talking. Do more of it. The fans just want to hear what's up with UK basketball. It's not like so we're not trying to get you. We don't have the pitchfork and the torches out waiting Ooh, for you. Should, to we, should we get them out? Thing. There are some goober fans out there that are just waiting for it. Like nothing he said, anything he says is going to be used against him for some of these fans. That being said, I think just the majority of people just want to hear what's up. They just want to hear from the leader of UK basketball. Um, so nice of UK to give people a 14 hour heads up on, on everything. I, um, well, let's go over what he's going to discuss. The one that he's definitely going to use to filibuster. You got to ask a John Welsh question. Um, we haven't heard from the new coach since he got hired and I guess they're going to probably ask about the other assistant as well. That's Calipari's ultimate filibustering opportunity. Um, but then after that, I would guess something about Antonio Reeves is that, like that, that'll be a story, something on Reeves. Um, and then the new guys, like, why did you decide to go freshman instead of, I mean, he did get Trey Mitchell, but why, why, why roll with the two kind of uh, under the radar guys in Jordan Burks and, and Joey Hart? And maybe more specifically, are the overtime elite guys like 
Uh, th- th- that's definitely a question for a later day because he won't answer it. But like, how do the overtime elite guys stack up developmental wise um, at this juncture? Like, I- I'm I'm just fascinated to know where they're at compared to their high school counterparts. Yeah, that was, that was going to be my my radio topic. Is what question would you ask? And it seemed like is that what you would ask? That's a good question. The, I, I wouldn't ask that because I know he wouldn't answer it. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's what's so much fun too. About all the goobers who love to just be like, "And media doesn't answer hard questions." It's like, well, here's the thing: uh, 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 the one of the first lessons you learn in uh, Big J journalism school, you kind of want to know the answer before you ask it. You need to know kind of which direction they're going to go. And John Calipari is not going to um, truth you know, serum. He's not going to say like they're further ahead or further behind or wherever they are. These overtime elite guys especially when he's only seen him for two weeks or whatever it might be. Um, so I think it would be like uh, Antonio Reeves is back. Um, was there a time when you thought that he wasn't going to be back? And when did that change? I think that would be my question. Yeah, well, I, yeah, a little we could have a big J off here. <laughs> <laughs> a big J journalism yeah. battle here. I actually – I, I think the best questions are the ones that you have no clue where the answer is going to go. And I think the more slanted journalism is the questions where you're teeing up because you, you're, you're kind of trying to bait an answer that's going to fit your story or get a quote that you think is going to fit your story a little bit better. So I think the, the questions that you know the answer to are sometimes just a waste of time. Well, but a lot of times you just need to hear it from like, it needs to come from the source. Um, uh... You know, and some of them are easier than other, but like typically in an interview, I have like one that can be like a linchpin where I know kind of which direction they're going to go. And then I can take it to like, it basically is like a, a lead in to the, the next line of questioning where I'm not sure where they're going to go, but at least I know it'll get them comfortable and then it'll, it'll get them talking and then it'll get them to where uh, we the interview needs to go. Yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. I just think the best questions are the ones where it's just like I, I I've got no clue what he's going to say here, where the answer is going to go, but I'll I'll be interested to, to see it. But you're right; a lot of the questions are just kind of guided. Um, you get the confirmation, or you get them to to say what you think they're going to say, but at least it's on the record at that point. I would say if I if I were going to be there today, which I'm not going to be. Um, got some, got some appraisals. I got some work this morning, and then gonna try to get out there and hit the links. Not gonna be able to hit the links with scoots, unfortunately. Very jealous of that. We'll talk about that in in a little bit. But I, Roush, I think you just have to come back to why the hell are you getting chicken tenders at Jeff Ruby's? Because <laughs> that's an answer. I don't know what either, you know what the answer to that would be. Well. And that's in here in that that was from uh, late April, early May. Mm-hmm. That would be great content, but I mean, it's just there's so much now. We're so far behind. We are, catch far, we are too far behind. Uh, I, you know, I, I I think one of my questions. I don't know if this would be the actual end all be question is how much trouble were these freshmen in regards to your portal recruiting. Because it seemed yeah. like a lot of people didn't want to play. It seemed like maybe potentially Antonio Reeves didn't even want to play with these freshmen. And you definitely you couldn't land a, several different guys in the portal that you were sniffing around at. 
was it the freshman's fault? Were people scared to compete with these freshmen? I don't know That's what good. he. I don't know what he'd say to yeah. that. Yeah, I think he'd probably because he could use it as an opportunity to gas up how good these freshmen are. You know. Yeah, or you know, he could even do like an old man take of yeah, people don't want to compete anymore, and that's See, why the people we do have. That's why I'm thrilled because they want to compete. You know what the answer is, though, TJ? What is it? We only want people who want to be here. Kentucky isn't for everyone. And then you just your your eyes roll in the back of your head, sure, and he goes on a five true. minute thing. Yeah. yeah, and I'd want to like interject and be like, I, I get that Kentucky's not for everybody, but. Were there specific examples of some of the people you all went after worried about playing time minutes and have you – I'd want to ask if he's promised any of the freshmen playing time or minutes, but I know the answer to that, what he'd say. He'd say So that would be a waste of time to even ask that. He'd be like, no, we don't do that at Kentucky. Some people may be looking for promises, but not not here. It's not for everybody. You're right. That's, that's the route that he'd go. Uh, there would probably be some callisms today. I think people need to be a little bit more patient with the Calisms. The dude's been the head coach at UK since 2009. We're going to hear some repeat stuff. He's going to yeah. hammer in some points. S- same but thing with us. Uh, be, what's Be a little what, patient with some of his Calisms, I think. I mean, we have our roll callisms as well. Roll call? Um, you know, we, we re- what if there is just somebody that's like, I can't listen to the show. I'm so sick of hearing them yell roll call in the background. <laughs> what, what's the... Um... What's the thing that you you get quite a bit uh, where you even repeat yourself after you say it? But, I mean, it's so second nature now that I don't even – like I just keep on going. What is it, for what it's worth? Yes. yes. For what it's worth, for what it's worth. You, uh, yeah, exactly. For, well, for what it's worth, we did have somebody text in right when I first started with you all. I was We were maybe like three, four months in, and they texted in. They hated the roll call from Roush. They, he would w- listen to it in his car with his wife, and his wife just could not stand it, so she wouldn't let him <laughs> listen to it. I remember the that. The text on the Thornton's text line to jump ahead says, next TJ will say he's talking down to the fans, calling it disrespectful. L-O-L. No, I, like, I feel like I, I, I realize that it's a little cheesy to say it is disrespectful, but as a basketball coach, you shouldn't go three months, over three months, without talking to the media and talking to your fans. I, I don't think that that's... A wild take, or especially something. during a tumultuous time when you know he could I mean, provide some clarity, especially, especially. But that's the right. reason why he wasn't talking. If things were all gravy all along, he'd be talking, he'd be talking at those camps, you know, he'd be excited about what they were selling, and he kind of hid from it. And I do think that that's kind of silly. I, I've never once bought into the talking down to the fans, I don't think that he does that. If he's ever had a tone to his voice, it's usually been deserved, to be honest with you. But if he has ever had a tone to his voice, it's not directed at the fans. It's directed at media. And sometimes it's the media that kind of gets the some a portion of the fan base a little riled up. But um, now I'm not going to be one of the people that's going to whine about him talking down to the fans. Anytime that I've asked somebody that's whined about him talking down to the fans, can you give me an example of it? They'll, they, they really have a tough time doing it. Or they'll pull out, like, example, well, he said he, he called us basketball bennies. And it's like, well, maybe you're just a little too thin-skinned and you shouldn't be getting so worked up or thinking that's a personal shot directed personally at you. Um, but I'm not going to do that. I, but I just think to go that long without talking to the media is a misstep. And then when you finally do do it, you only give them 14 hours heads up to plan it. I, I do. I think that's a little unprofessional. But I realize I'm not going to take – my opinion on that all that seriously just fix it he's talking that's a good thing do more of it you got canada coming up 
you know, we, we want to preview that trip as well. And then hopefully he'll talk after the games up there for the media members that will be there, which Dylan Ballard's going to be there. I think Big Blue Drew may be there. Nice. Still haven't been to Canada. Should be a good group up there. You, will the fire stop them from playing? Will we have a, a fire delay? Oh, gosh. I just I assume hope, that all of Canada not. is in flames right now. Uh, they're not. All of Canada is not in flames. It's it's very far north where these fires are. But I, I did you notice that, under, yeah. You, you hope that you get them under control. Have you all yeah. seen the numbers for these fires? What do you mean? Like, like the, how, many, how many acres have been burned this year? I mean, it doesn't surprise me because Canada is massive and it's lots of un- tap wooded area all right roush i know you don't understand acreage but i'm gonna throw this number out at you and i don't really understand acreage either but this number in 2023 there have been 20 million acres of canadian land burned 20 million acres pretty crazy that seems like i can't even fathom how many how much land that is like miles and miles and miles just wilderness but that's part of um you know, as long as it's natural, like that, that's the one thing that uh, forest fires, it's like a natural phenomenon, but like can also be destructive and really disastrous. So like you, it, not all are bad, but like, obviously that sounds like way too much for it to be good. Forest well, fires. you still get smoke here, although it did make for a pretty sunset last night in the it, summer of pretty sunsets. That that was the weird part. Like it was just weird. It had been raining all day. It had been dark all day. We were in this dark basement, that, you know, a little speakeasy. And then we come outside. And it's like, wow, it's sunnier now, and it's nine fifteen. Like, what? What's going on? Here? By the way, boys, air quality today twenty nine. Twenty nine. Wow, that's we're great. Back. Yeah, we're back. So it's great air quality. Yeah, yeah. It's well, good. They classified as good. So it's quality air quality. Absolutely. Only the highest quality air. That's what I like to hear. All right, good stuff. So you can breathe easy when you're out on the links today, Scoots. That's right. Come on. We'll talk a little bit about Scoots golf game when we return for hour number two. Kentucky roll call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouch, and Justin Galen. Oh, here we go. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, okay. 1450 AM, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Fun first hour. Look forward to getting to the Thornton's text line in hour number two. Looking forward to stopping by Thornton's, saving a little money on gas with the refreshing rewards. Uh. Mm-hmm. Each and every time you go. Yep. It's the place to be. Um, you know what's pretty awesome too, TJ, that we, we learned yesterday? The Rack of Ribs trophy is back. Have you have you seen the, the Ribs trophy? No. 
It's uh, between UAB and Memphis. Um, and it was it was once a rivalry. And it's back now that we have a little conference expansion. Uh, UAB is moving up to the American. And they said... They released their schedule, officially bringing the 100-pound ribs trophy back to uh, this game. It's just uh, you got to Google just rack of ribs trophy. It's it's uh, comedy. It's absolutely comedy, um, and it's what makes college football great. Dumb little trophies like the rack of the battle for the bones is what they call it. It's actually really cool. <laughs> no, that's I mean it's, it's a pretty the cool. Battle for the bones is just a great name yeah. too. Big fan. That looks like a delicious trophy. <laughs> Imagine like somebody's actually slathering some barbecue on that thing. Well, you Ooh. know, like that they're probably going to have like spare ribs there on the sideline for the winning team. So whoever's oh, hoisting yeah. up the trophy, there probably will be actually real ribs along well, with it. They they douse the mayo bowl coaches with mayonnaise. We need to get barbecue sauce in one of those. Mm. Yeah, now you're thinking. And if it's, if it's the Birmingham team, it's white barbecue sauce. If it's the Memphis team, it's, you know, your traditional barbecue sauce. I, I just heard a rumor that TJ applied for the UAB coaching job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Scoots, you're going to be at Elk Run today, aren't you? I am. Man, I'm so excited. So We're going to be at Elk Run September 1st. We are. Just bringing home a championship. No big deal. Why don't you tell everybody about the Big X kickoff scramble? It is on September 1st, the Friday before Labor Day. So the plan is we will do our show out there, much like we did last year, if you all joined us for that. And then as soon as we get off the air, we will kick off the scramble. It's going to be a shotgun start. As of now, we've already got, what, 18 or 11 teams, 13 teams, somewhere in that range. So it's going to fill up. We're going to have starters on every hole. There's going to be a couple holes where there's multiple teams. So make sure to get your sign up in now. Just email BigXScramble at Yahoo.com. Rutherford and Trevor will be out there after the scramble doing the Rutherford show. At least that's the plan. So it's going to be a fun day. Make sure to join us out there at Elk Run. And I'm going to get a little practice today, like you said, TJ, going out with going out with Mookie. So he hit me up, said he's on vacation this week, told him I'd join him out there one day. We're going to go today and, and try to tear up Elk Run. Yeah, I'm going to try to play myself today, but but – can't I got to get some work things done earlier? Can we talk about that or no? Yes, we have. I don't. I don't remember talking about that on the. Can I, I need to know specifics? We can talk about what you're doing today. No. Okay. <laughs> can you tell me specifics later? Because I'm really curious. I what I what what I texted you is all I know. Okay. Got it. Oh man, this is and I think we've you. mentioned it on the show, but I don't there, recall there's, that. There were some. There's again, I'm not leaving anything out for the sake of like leaving things out. They've left stuff out for for me. But there, there was a there's some like home improvement show in Louisville. It, it's it's not like a extreme home makeover, but think of that along those lines. I, I don't. It's not that show, but it's a show similar to that. And, and it's they're on in town, YouTube. And, uh, and, oh, they, and they finished. They finished updating this house, and they just—I don't know how they even got my number, but they want—they want an appraisal value on the house. Oh, did, are you going to be the? Are you going to be on camera talent? That would be cool. That's I, what I, I was wondering. 
I won't be on camera. Oh, I mean, oh man. They, did didn't, gotta, they, didn't, they didn't. They say you got a face for radio. They Sorry. didn't specifically say that, but I do feel like they'd probably mention it that, like, hey, when you do your inspection, there's going to be cameras there. Uh, they, they didn't say anything along those lines. So I, I'm almost sure that I will not be on camera, which is a good thing. I don't want to be on camera. That, that's what I was curious of if I could see you on TV one day. You don't get into the appraising business for the stardom. Um, <laughs> I, I know a lot of people think that's why I made the jump, but no, you, you just do it for your love of home values. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why the sports talker's house. He's just sitting back watching HGTV all night. Like oh, that appraised value is way too low for what they should be. Getting. Have I ever told you all about my roommate I had in Jacksonville who was big on HGTV? No, and I, I had don't. to. So she would literally, on her off days, from the time she woke up till the time she went to bed, she was big on HGTV. Watched all the shows. You name a show on HGTV, she watched it. So it got to the point, and it got so bad, that I told her that she had... I, I basically limited her to six hours of HGTV a day, because I just could not watch it anymore. I was like, Savannah, I'm going to lose my mind if you watch any more HGTV. So... We we made her cut off time six hours and she she adhered to it for the most part. <laughs> six hours is unbelievable, right? Uh, what was your the, What was your favorite HGTV show? Oh, I hated them all. I would be, just be sitting on the couch and I would just be like pulling my hair out. Like, what are we doing? the The thing is, is like you're right. They're they're very much like watching HGTV shows on repeat. It's it's essentially the same show just a bunch of different times over and it's just how much do you like the personalities that are on it and that's that's i mean that's really what it comes down to do you like this guy or or are you anti that person uh i my wife uh, an art person who likes home renovations watches uh, a decent amount of hgtv i don't i i like the the the, the women that had the show in indianapolis i like their show that's a fun one um there's one where they they like take a whole cul-de-sac and it's just like a competition on all these fancy houses and i'm just shocked that like these homes are even possible because it's just it's the most gaudy expensive like they're just they're million dollar homes before they even do anything to them when they're just bare i'm i'm in i just it's hard for my brain to wrap around it tj yeah i don't know if i've seen that one scoot i can imagine you being a, I, I could imagine you being a big love it or list it fan that honestly that was probably my favorite one um i I liked i liked property brothers from time to time but they really kind of got under my skin after a while i just i wasn't big on those guys um so yeah love it or list it was probably that probably would make the top of the list if i were to make such a list what i'm not ticked me off (laughs) that that one probably more than any of the other ones really made me mad because it was just like BS, BS. Th- this family is not doing a ton of renovations to their house and then still moving. And, and every so often, like very rarely, you'd get an episode where that would happen. Yeah, but, but they would actually sell it. Yeah, they almost always keep it. In which case, it'd be like, well, why, why the hell would you do all that stuff? And they'd be like, well, for the next family to like it, it put more value into our house. It's like you probably lost money on the deal. You probably just, you did. They're not going to say it on the TV show. And what you did waste, if it wasn't money, it was everybody's time. Just move. Move. See, I'm under the, the ass- renovate, I'm under the, the assumption. The part was just like, you know, don't you just renovate the house. Let that be the show. 
renovate the house. If you want to go check out some other houses to see what you like or don't like, but they, there would always be one person. They'd be like, all right, you're going to be the person that wants to stay at the original house. And you're going to be the person that wants to move. And then the person who wants to stay at the original house, they'd go into the living room and they'd be like, it just, it smells like dump in here. I, I hate everything about the place. The windows are weirdly shaped. I can't do it. I don't like the sound the floors make when I step on them. I'm out on this house. It'd be like the most weird things that the, that you just, they'd instantly pick up on to know that they hated the house. Uh, I, I, you know, it just wasn't the show for me. See, TJ, I've always been under the assumption, no matter what the renovation show is, whether it's extreme home makeover or bar rescue or any of those, like redo a place. I've always been under the assumption that the TV show pays for that, but I could be way wrong on that. I think they, I, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I think the TV show may pick up some expenses, and I think they're going to use like their crews, or they're going to pick the people who are going to be working. Probably free labor, but like. But I, I don't think that like you know they they make a ton of episodes. I don't think they're dishing out one hundred twenty five thousand, one hundred fifty thousand, three hundred thousand for all these houses. I'm I'm sure they're paying like the the individuals definitely pay for supplies, but I bet the labor is free. That's part of the. Right. Trade-off is you get to record it in order for doing it. That makes sense. I think Monster House on the old Discovery Channel, I think that was all free back in the day. Um, I I was always just like a lakefront bargain hunt, beachfront bargain hunt, house hunters. That was always fun. Uh, Those were the shows that I would like the most. This is HG Radio on the Big X. We're going to head on over to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Just talking your normal HGTV. Uh, where are we at for today's show? Um, we are at the top, starting from the beginning, not the bottom. Now we're here. That says, did you all know KFC only follows 11 people on Twitter? The four Spice Girls and seven guys named Herb. I freaking did know that, and I'm so mad that I missed that question yesterday because I did know that fact. <sighs> <laughs> Oh, another texture says, Pat's Steakhouse sucks. You're better off going to Longhorn or Outback for a steak. True story. Uh, not you, Ralph. Well, You're not good to go to Outback. If they say true story, then you know it's true. <laughs> Based on a true story. <laughs> what if they just did that for every film? You know, like Star Wars. Ta-da! Based on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> Another texter says, hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here with a hypothetical to end your week. If you were able to go back in time and keep John Robick or Kenny Payne, who would you rather keep? I'm on the Robick train myself. Y'all have a safe weekend. Thanks, Brad from Bellbrook. Hope everything in mm. Bellbrook's going well. I bet. Does Bellbrook get down for the 4th of July? I would like to think so. Yeah, I would think so, too. Uh, maybe not the longest 4th of July celebration like Pekin, but um, I'm sure they get down in Bellbrook. That's right. Uh, oh. I would definitely go John Robick. In this hypothetical. UK recruiting is has been fine since Kenny Payne left and maybe took a little slight dip like the year two or two after that he did leave. But it's fine. You just put together maybe the best class you've ever had. Uh, I think big guys have been developing a, just a fine clip. National Player of the Year, Oscar Sheboy, put up just unbelievable stats without Kenny Payne there for yeah and, and that's related to him the big man whisperer with Kenny Payne in terms of how he can develop big guys. I'm sure there's some truth to it, but I'm sure it's overblown. 
probably more than than the truth aspect of it all. Uh, I'd go John Robick. I think he just had UK's teams ready to play. I think that they had the opponents scouted better than what the opponents had on UK. And uh, I, I think just kind of his basketball brain is missed, and you hope that you make that up with the Welshire. But I, I would go Robick in your hypothetical here, Brad. I would also add that part of what makes Kenny Payne so like the players love him, right? And they, that he was always the first one they would see whenever they would uh, come back. But like, I still, I don't think that that's just gone away because he's no longer there. You know what I mean? Like, the players are still coming back; they're happy to be back. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would, I think Robic just provides something that has has been is unlike anything else and has been missing. So I, I think I would go. I think I'd go Robic with you too. And also, I'm just I'm just a big John Robic fan, just on a personal level. Good guy, good dude. Yeah, it's it's sad how it all played out, uh, but he he was very valuable to UK basketball. Nobody's going to argue that. A texture says complaining about the KRC audio enough to where you can't listen to it in the car is a you problem. Big blue diva says one texture. Wow. <laughs> Come on. Everybody knows how much we love a good Thornton's text line intertexture fight. And whoever this texture is just laid it down to the person <laughs> on the tweeter. Oh man, that's great. <laughs> I, but I, I don't I don't I do love the shots fired from the texture, but like if the podcast audio was terrible in your car, I would be bummed about that. I think that's yeah. a legitimate gripe. Yeah, but I think I, it's again, I do think it's a you problem. I think you brought it up best, TJ. I think it's probably a scenario where his phone is all the way up, and yeah, he's just got to crank the phone volume down a little bit. Crank that phone volume down before you listen to us. Another texter says, TJ, I find that kind of odd that Matt Jones never said hi to you out in public when you saw him at a restaurant, given you were one of his employees at one time. Find that to be interesting. Are you and Matt on good terms? This was before I was an employee. I, I haven't been to Ceviche in such a long time. Uh, which is a mistake because that place is awesome and I'd love to get back. So, and he was on a date and I, it was totally normal for him not to go out of his way. We didn't know each other. He very well could have said hi, but he was on a date. We were, I was across the room. It was no big deal at all. It, um, I, I had a moment where I was on the clock watching the site and showed up to the, I mean, it was just, you know, the Mexican restaurant for dinner, but it was like, Ooh, I'm supposed to be working now. And there's my boss right over there. Hope he doesn't see me. <laughs> oh that's funny i never heard that yeah yeah um or matt and i on good terms we're not we're not the best of friends with one another um i would be friendly to him if he were friendly to me but we don't our paths don't cross all that frequently um and i've i've said this a million times i think it's i i, I wish he'd give roush a little bit more love for the radio show that he does uh and has been doing for five years he's never done that um, so I think that's kind of silly. But besides that, he does his own thing, seems to be happy, and good good on him. Uh, Texter says, TJ, you're spot on about the Louisville fan base acting like they're nationally relevant. No one rarely even knows or mentions Louisville outside of the state. The fans think they're this national prominent program, but hate to break it to them. But no one truly cares about the University of Loserville. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow, that's incredible. Spicy meatball take. Whew. Very, very spicy. Uh, they're, gosh, they, the Rutherford show and Trevor, they were, Trevor was on one again yesterday. When, when is he not? But 
Oh, and Mike was very anti shockingly, and I say that sarcastically, he was very like anti NCAA with their latest memo, but he never really did answer the question of like, is the NCAA allowed to have their own rules and can they, and, and can they make people follow the rules that everybody agrees on? And his only response to that was, well, they're dumb rules and they're breaking the rules that they think are dumb. But it like, if so, if one school just deems an NCAA rule dumb, it's okay for them to break the rule and the NCAA doesn't get any measure to retaliate against them. That's still the answer I, I have yet to have answered clearly for me that I'd love to hear like the counter side from just to potentially change my opinion on the matter. But like, cause I, you know, I don't want to be pro NCAA. It's fun to gang up on them. But at what point do they need like, Hey, we've got these rules. You got to follow them. If, if, if your country club says you, we close at 10 o'clock, they're not going to let you out there at 1 a.m. Mm. Um, you know, totally they just got to put their foot down. You're a member, and we're happy to have you, and we know that you can take your business elsewhere, although in the NCAA they really can't take their business elsewhere, all things considered. But, like, at some point you've got to listen to the rules, right? You're, they're, they're made up by the member institutions. You are the ones that are signing off on these rules. But back to the U of L side of things. The year of the Cardinal was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just funny to say out loud. The year of the Cardinal. Oh man. I, did, forget. I, I think they'll get it going in football where you'll hear about them nationally, certainly a hell of a lot more than you have the last few seasons. Basketball, uh, they still seem a very long ways away. <laughs> You know, that's the funny thing. Like, you, there's UK fans that are like, I, I think this is a fine roster, but this isn't going to get done what we want to get done. It's, it's not a national championship roster, which people can have that opinion, and they could be they could be right. I think it's a good enough team roster to get to a Final Four, and once you're in the Final Four, you, you can win the whole thing. But there's some UK fans, Roush, that think, like, UK is not where it needs to be. How far off has U of L been? Oh, yeah. Um, that's a good point. How – in in that, yeah, they're just in a weird, a very weird spot, um, very weird spot right now. Like I, I don't, I don't even know where you you go from there. Um, but hey, they're they're trucking along on the Mike Rutherford show, trying their best to keep the boat afloat. Um, but that thing is, ooh, it's all in good. At least the Brom squad's back, right? I just think if U of L fans whine a little bit more about Haley Van Lith, she may come back. <laughs> Scooch, you wanted to you had a take on the affirmative action decision by the Supreme Court yesterday? Uh no. Actually, John Spears brought that up and I had to look at him and be like, the hell's that? What does that even mean? I I, I don't know what that is. And he explained it to me, I still don't know what it is. I guess <laughs> minorities to get treated fairly in job interviews, is that am I right? Wait, no, hold on. What did, no. How did Spears explain it to you? Yes, I I need to hear this. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what he told me is that that's what that means affirmative action affirmative whatever it is he he said that it meant that minorities get a fair something about minorities something about minorities being treated fairly in job interviews yeah it's 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 more directed towards academic institutions it's not that it's not that (laughs) it's 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 um minorities were underrepresented it underrepresented in academic institutions so they have policies Mm. to um in place to to help more minorities get into those schools. Perhaps when John was telling me it was um, like a TLDL situation. 
TLDR. Yeah. The Supreme Court TLDR. yesterday said that colleges can't just strictly admit a student based on their skin color, religion, or that. They 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 will be admitted based on their merit. Although they add that there's a loophole there where really yes, people that are going to get super worked up about yesterday are just looking to get worked up for one reason or another. And the loophole is students can still talk about their race, racial experiences in essays. And a lot of schools require essays to some degree. So if a school deems that, oh, this person's essay just really moved us, uh, their grades are good, but they're maybe not as good as some of these other students or they're at, you know, their extracurriculars aren't as good as some of these other students. But this essay just floored us. We're, we're admitting them. So schools are still going to be able to admit who they want to admit. So if they want to do it based on the color of somebody's skin, which I think is totally ridiculous, they're still going to be able to do that. So I think the court got it right, but I don't think universities are going to change the way that they do their admission process in the slightest, really any of them at all. I don't think any is going to say, well, hold on now. The Supreme Court said we can't do this. We need to we need to just go back to admitting students based on their merits. I think it would I think it will change some of those scholarships, though, that are offered. Like, yeah, but with, uh, the, with the essay loophole, I don't think it will because they're just going to tell people to write essays and boom. They're, yeah, they're but like they were to give out the money where they want. There were some, though, that like scholarships were limited to certain ethnic groups, different backgrounds. I think you that, can still do that, though. Oh, well, then. Yeah, it doesn't matter then. They didn't say that like scholarship, you know, you can't have certain scholarships to certain people. Yeah, they didn't right. say that. Uh, unless yeah. I'm mistaken. Uh, if they if they did, I definitely missed that part. But I, I don't think I don't think that's gonna be I don't think anything's gonna change with what they said yesterday. But I do like the idea that like we don't tell our higher institutions of learning that they can strictly admit or deny people based on their skin color. I think that's a good message to send. Because I as I always default to, things you can't control a.k.a. your skin color, shouldn't be a make-or-break factor really in anything in your life. Yeah, that'd be nice. They, um, people can't control Sometimes that. it has. Yeah, yeah it, it definitely has. We've got too long of a history of it of it mattering. Uh, all right, there you go, Scoots. Uh, there's your <laughs> affirmative action lesson. Now I know. Let's, uh, take a, let's take a break, our final break. We'll come back. I'll share a little recruiting stuff that we've got cooking Woo! up this weekend. Five decisions, including a, a doozy. On Sunday night, I'll tell you all about that. And wrap-up text on the Thornton's text line. I'm Nick Roush. He's TJ Walker. That's Justin Kalen. This is Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X Sports Radio. First one's here. First one's here. But we're so far away, Clark. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Right, right. And at the end of the day, when the lot's all full and everybody's fighting to get out of here, we'll be the first ones out, too, right? Why? Because we're the Griswolds. Slamming like a slam dunk. 
Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Uh, Scoots, when he's out on the golf course today, he's going to have a Shady Rays on his face. Go to ShadyRays.com. They've got the best sunglasses for anything for your outdoor activities. If you're a runner, they've got you covered. If you like to go hiking, they've got you covered. If you're a golfer, if you're a fisherman or woman, they've got you covered. They've got sunglasses for every occasion. If your kid's out and about, get them some nice sunglasses as well. They've got an awesome selection for children. Go to ShadyRays.com and save 25% off when you use promo code BIGX at checkout. Roush, give us some of this football recap here. It's going to be an absolutely huge weekend. Fourth of July, always kind of a big commitment timeline for a lot of recruits. Uh, the week before, Fourth of July themselves is when Cash Daniel, Cash Money committed to UK, and even the week after. This is a, a hot time for football recruiting. It certainly is. Um, so to give folks a preview, there's at least three decisions that we know of right now for July 4th, which is next Tuesday. Um, but they start tonight. There will be five between now and Sunday of where UK will essentially have hats on the table. Now, um, a couple of them, um, like, uh, you know, when Caleb Red, the edge from St. Louis committed, you kind of got the sense that, oh, well, they're not going to get Makai Byerson, the other edge that's announcing his decision today. Um, so you can kind of whittle things down from there. The, the big name that um, I know there's going to be some – some kind of size when uh, Jaquan Shaq McCroy, he's going to announce tomorrow night on CBS Sports HQ. That's going to be Oregon. Uh, Oregon has been gaining momentum since he unofficially visited Eugene in May. Uh, he took official visits to Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Kentucky. UK, uh, he's always described them as his day one. Cats recruited him. Uh, first scholarship offer. Uh, but Oregon got the last official visit. He seems to have fallen in love with that place. Um, but there was a great quote from his official visit that was like, yeah, my, my mom and sister came out with me. They liked it. They did not like how far it was away from home. So that's um, that's mm -hmm. definitely going to be one of those recruitments, TJ, that is not going to end until December. Yeah, maybe he'll he'll learn that Chuck Martin news and, and that could change everything for him. Uh, maybe maybe so uh, um you don't the, normally have football recruits uh reacting to a basketball assistant moving to a different college but you, you just you really do never know you really you never know football recruiting it's a wacky, <laughs> it's a wacky no, you're good to key on that family quote though about the the distance because that guess what it ain't oregon ain't getting any closer the wind well, may move that smoke around but it's not going to bring oregon any closer to home uh, and you're right. That's going to be something that UK is probably going to good. All right. Well, that's a nice caveat to add in there. Well, and and one thing too, especially for these guys that go across country, like Dominic Kirks. I mean, Kentucky hasn't recruited Cleveland well. I think that was a long shot, but he's he has a crystal ball pick in for Washington and is announcing sometime today. Um, if you're going to lose a recruit, lose them across the country because the chances that they either never sign there or they enter the transfer portal after a year or two are much better than if they go to play for, you know, Ohio State or some, somebody else nearby. So um, just something to keep in mind with McCroy. But the good news, on the other hand, is that we could get Sunday night uh, Terrain Nichols, four-star cornerback from Withrow High School in Cincinnati. Um, he's got offers from everybody. Kentucky 
once again, Vince was in on this guy early. Um, and it's it's he's one of the many duels they've had between uh, him and Clink at Michigan. And uh, this one I feel good about. This one I feel good about. Uh, it, there's a little bit of hesitation, um, TJ, on my end, just because I feel like the ghost of Michigan is lurking. But uh, Vince Merrill could have a huge, huge recruiting win. Um, he's ranked – so. TJ, can you name all of the defensive backs Mark Stoops has signed that are top 300 prospects? I don't think I could. Oh, well, you just did because there's none of them. And he's ranked in the top 200 none? by one three zero. Not even Mike Edwards was a composite top 300 player. Um, I guess if you counted boss man fat as a transfer, but, you know, transfer is a little bit different story. But, yeah, they, Kentucky's done well at the defensive back position without super talented guys. Alex Afari was really close to cracking that. Uh, but Terrain Nichols, he could do just that. On three has him as like the 191 player overall. An absolute stud. Um, so that could be a huge recruiting win. Um, and and I, and I mentioned early on, too, that um, like I – you know, he, we only have three announcements that we know of so far for Fourth of July. Like Brian Robinson, it feels like he could be a surprise CBS Sports HQ edition on that day. And I, you know, I, I hated just being like, "Well, if they get so and so, then you you won't say that Kentucky started slow." But Nichols and Robinson and Bowley are <laughs> those are potentially big time players. Um, you know, those, those are all three linchpins at very important positions that can really anchor your class along with some other talented guys where you, you'd you have about a dozen or so commitments going into the fall, and um, there might be another one in there too. Um, just keep an eye on Elijah Groves. He just got bumped up to the number 144th player overall in the 24-7 sports ranking. So don't sleep on that kid either who's announcing tomorrow, I believe. All right. Well, there you have it. So when we get back on Monday, and that's going to be our schedule, is we plan on doing a show Monday. I think a lot of people are going to be off on Monday. We're going to do the show. We will be off the 4th of July for the celebrating America's birthday. And I think we're going to take our day off on that Wednesday. Roush is going to be out of town, so just kind of better to have the full gang on Monday than half the gang on Wednesday. Yep. Second, I never really understood the people that are going to take off Monday versus Wednesday because – like, if you're out partying, going to a barbecue on the actual 4th of July, staying up late, watching fireworks, wouldn't you rather that Wednesday be the day that you, like, sleep in and, and take off? Um, I don't get the people that are doing the Monday. I guess the idea of doing, you know, Saturday off, Sunday off, go back to work Monday, no way, and then get off Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, that People don't like that. They'd rather just be a string of, of being off. I guess I understand that to some degree. But that's our schedule. We'll, we'll plan on being back Monday. That being said, Roush, when we do do the show on Monday, UK fans have a lot to be excited about is what you're hinting at. I think they will. I think they'll have a lot to be excited about. So looking forward to it. Um, dice could be hot, folks, and this is a good time for them to be hot. I will say um, it just – do we have to make 4th of July? I, I, like for, I like just fireworks and doing nothing. But, you know, I guess we'll do some football recruiting instead. Give, give us something to put on the website, am I right? I was still kind of on the football recruiting beat when Cash Daniel committed on 4th of July. I was at Lake Cumberland then, and it was just like, I've got everything written that I need written, because you knew he was going to go to UK. But right. it was like, I've got everything out there that I need out there. It's just, am I going to have the internet connection to be able to 
like Hit post it. <laughs> yeah. I remember my boss at the time, Brett Dawson, he's like, I'm not going to go make you cover Cash Daniels' commitment on the 4th of July, but maybe just try to get some pre-quotes that you're not going to be yeah. there when he commits. You're not going to get those quotes. See if you can get some otherwise. And I think I was able to, or we were able to as the website or whatever. But yeah, it's not not ideal, the holidays. Really, every is like, you know, Christmas maybe the one holiday where things are really quiet. In the well, and it's on the UK beat. Like signing day, it was December twenty second. I know that's a few days before, but it's still just like, you know, that's a busy time trying to get your stuff ready for Christmas. So, so I'm that's one reason why I'm like, let's just make it a transfer portal signing period in December and move the high school recruits back to February or whatever it might be. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people share that same sentiment. Let's get back to the Thornton Stacks line, 502-414-1450. Expect a lot of football commitments this weekend. Give us plenty to talk about there on Monday. On the Thornton's Tax line, the next texter says, at what age did you guys realize that your metabolism is absolutely ruined, a.k.a. here comes the absolute pound, says one texter. 23-ish? Yeah, I think that would probably be the age for me, too. Really? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm 33, and my metabolism is still kicking at a high rate. I mean, not really, Scoots. Yeah, really. I, you don't know my body, Ralph. You, you, you like, say you're tired if you don't go to bed by 10 p.m., dude. Like, get, get out of here with that. Isn't, isn't your metabolism how much you poop? No. No, I mean, it's that's... like your body's ability to burn fat. So, like, when your metabolism mm. is really rocking and rolling, last night your dinner of pizza, chicken tenders, and ice cream. And beer. Like, you you wouldn't it wouldn't be good for your body, but your body could handle it, break it all down, and you wouldn't gain weight from that. But once your metabolism slows down, it like, has a tougher time breaking up those unhealthy foods. You you notice those pounds more. So basically, when did you notice that you were kind of putting on weight? Is the question. I mean, for right. me, it was nineteen, but that, I didn't see that as being weak metabolism. I thought that was just because of how much I was drinking in college. Yeah, no, that's that's how metabolism. Like, it, I mean, it, you only eat chips for dinner because your metabolism is so slow. Like, you don't need a lot <laughs> because it's it's slow at breaking down your chips and beer. Fair enough. I, <laughs> it's one of the funniest things that, anybody's ever so said to me. So you, you just thought you, were, you thought you because you were pooping a lot, your metabolism was on the mind. Yeah, I thought that was only. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I didn't understand the full scope of what metabolism actually was. Scoots, you're only supposed to poop like once a day. Oh, well, we're way over that. What was that, Scoots? Way over that. You're not more than like four, four times a no, day, right? No, 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 no. But we're, like two to three? We're, your... we're right at three to four. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's still a lot. But that's... that's more than it should be. <laughs> Probably because of how I eat, from what oh, you all are man. saying. So this this whole metabolism thing is totally backfired in the course of two minutes. <laughs> you just thought that metabolism was how much you pooped. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so great. Our education system has failed you. I went to peak in Eastern, Rouse. I've had nothing but rooster's wings for a week and my metabolism is on the money. I'm just pooping five times a day. <laughs> It's my metabolism's way of showing that it's there and it cares just by making sure that I'm more than regular. 
extra regular. Oh man. Oh, a texter says, where does downtown, it, where downtown ends, the south end begins, according to Roush. That, ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's old oval mixed in there. Uh, that's different. And then you have, uh, I don't think it goes directly to west oval, does it? Isn't there like a Portland in between? Or I guess Portland's even more. No, Portland's m- way west. M- more northwest than the west end. Correct. Um, yeah. But we're, remember, we're trying to break that Ninth Street divide, and they are uh, developing some stuff over there. My um, bank, I go, I go, I go, I have a banker that is uh, down on like Eleventh, and they've got some nice uh, developments over there. You heard it here first from Roush. The West End on the up and up, they've got a nice bank on Eleventh Street. Damn it, TJ! Like you take one thing, but there's there's a nice little area over there on uh, I think it's Jefferson. They're doing a big waterfront project that's going to go all the way to Portland yeah, and whatnot. To an extent. Nice. Speaking of the waterfront, Pitbull coming to waterfront. Dale, are we are we gonna uh, are we gonna get after it? Some Pitbull on the waterfront in August? No, no. Well, you, you don't you don't want to see Mister Worldwide? It's it's the week before football season starts, August twenty sixth. No, I I I I would just um. The, the people that go to the, the Pitbull concert, what's that going to be like? What's that crowd? I had some buddies that went to a Flo Rida concert on 4th Street Live. They said oh, it was actually a lot of fun. They had the time of their lives, yeah. My friends went to that, too, and they just had a blast. Flo Rida was, like, riding around, like he was on a security guy's shoulders, like, rapping, going through the crowd. Sounded like a great time. Welcome to my house. Great song. American classic. A texter says, Rousher and Lock, two big supply stores moved off Market Street out to the East End. More new development is coming soon. Two more hotels, too. Just what down now, downtown needs. Yeah, it really does uh, need downtown, uh, need hotels. Um, so, yeah, that works out great. And I like, too, that when they're uh, developing these, it feels like they're all putting in nice rooftops in, um, on, on their either distilleries or their uh, hotels. Like, they're they're... Taking advantage where you can enjoy a nice night uh, with the Louisville skyline in the background. Texter uh, says on the Thornton's text line, if I was Nick, I'd be a little leery if his wife wanted to have dinner at Outback. Man, have you watched the Righteous Gemstones this season, TJ? I have not. More Outback? No, not more Outback. Um, but um, what's her... Oh, and I can't think of her name now. Her storyline is... Uh, is going to be it's it's taking center stage this season. Interesting. Dang, I can't I cannot think of her name now. Uh, love that show though. Yeah, I've not gotten into it this season. Get yourself a pizza stone, Scoots. Just make sure you have it in the oven during the preheating process to heat the stone. You're welcome. That's from Billy Big Blue. That Billy Big Blue that is on my um like uh, I I'm wanting to get a, a pizza stone. We uh-huh. had one as a kid. I think they're pretty sweet. Sorry, Billy Blue, Big Blue. I can't do it. The the box said to place it directly on the center oven or on the center rack. So, Pizza Stone would not meet those requirements. We've got a Pizza Stone for the Green Egg. I think we're making pizzas on Wednesday for the Green Egg. Very excited about it. What time? Uh, it'd be dinner time. time. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be on the lake all day. My bad. Can't come. Wednesday, you're going to be at the lake? All freaking day, from sun up till sundown. I can't wait. They're doing fireworks on the lake as well that night. Going to be a good time. What time? What time? <laughs> can't tell you. Wait, no no room left uh, on the already, boat. No room on the boat. You already said all day. No I'll room on the boat. My bad. What what, what lake? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll be going to Patoka. Lake Patoka. 
I hear it's nice this time of year. Oh, it's phenomenal this time of the year. Scoots, I just we made some ground here, but if you find yourself having like fifteen beers, maybe you don't ride the jet ski. I didn't last time, so I think if I had the wherewithal to not do it last time, I think this time will be no different. Yeah, but it may be America's birthday, and you may be, you know, a little revved up. We don't need see you scoot well, like may- we talked about. Maybe my stepdad and mom should just get out to the lake earlier before I have about eight or nine beers, and then I can ride the jet ski. Hmm. There's an idea. I like that idea. Oh, Roush already tweeted about your metabolism. Yep. Oh, boy. You're welcome. You're welcome. A texture on the Gordon's text line says... A portion of our fan base has a weird Duke complex. They don't worry about us nearly as much as they worry, as, as some of our fans worry about them. Uh, there are, there is. It's really embarrassing. No need to do it. Duke's their own program. They do their own thing. I honestly find myself not really caring about them as much with Coach Kagon. I don't like him. Uh, you know, that's not changed. I'm never going to like Duke. I'll always dislike Duke. But they're their own they're, you know, they've got their own problems, just like we've got our own problems. Yeah, they, and I, I, they can continually suck it. I mean, Kentucky's beaten Duke twice since the 1978 national championship game. I think there's just a we want to beat their ass complex. I don't think there's anything more to that. It's just that it's Duke and Kentucky jockeying for the top spot in college basketball um, in most years, and we want to be better than them. I don't think that's necessarily complex. I think that's just. Yeah, like that's how it works. We want to be the best of the best. Um, there is a portion so. of fans, though, that like, it, you know, UNC, Kansas, they can do their own things. But it's like if Duke is takes a recruit from UK, it's the end of the world. Yeah. It's it, it just it's different about Duke than it is for some people. I, and I dislike Duke just as much as the next guy. But I, you know, out of sight, out of mind for the most part. A good roll callism is whip out your suck it and suck it. Cracks me up every time, says one texter. Oh, not one texter from our buddy Billy Big Blue. We're big Billy Big We're Big Billy Big Blue fans here on Kentucky Roll. Oh man. Shout out to my, my neighbor just put charcoal on the grill and lit it on fire and it's not even nine AM. That's what awesome. a move. <laughs> it, it That's how you fr- it is oh, a Friday though. Friday before uh holiday weekend, hell yeah. John here. Good TGIF Friday morning, everybody. TGIF morning. They didn't say Friday twice. That would be redundant. Here's my starting five plus three off the bench for this season for the basketball caps. Edwards, Bradshaw, Wagner, Uganna, and Dillingham with Shepard, Reeves, and Thierro playing big roles off the bench. Hey, Justin. Wow. Scoots, or, uh, our buddy John is just saying, Trey Mitchell, you're not, you're not seeing any clock, and that's a fact, buddy. <laughs> Hey, Justin, can't wait to collect from you, my friend. This season's going to be unbelievable. And on the awesome side of life, my friends, number nine, here we come. BBN, have a great weekend. Got to go talk to you later. Wait, what yeah, did we bet on? Mitchell. I don't know. What did you bet on? Was it 31 games? He, he thinks over 31 wins. I think that's what it was. For, for UK basketball? Correct. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good bet, John. Yeah, especially in the SEC. If they, if they get 31 wins, it probably means they're winning the national championship. Because at that point, you'd be like 31-9. and nine. I think this team is going to take like some losses. Yeah, they're I, don't gonna think they're gonna, I don't think they're going to be a one or a two seed. I think that's going to be okay. Like, I'll, I'll be I'll, – as long as this – as long as these freshmen are what I think they are, I'll be ready to roll in March regardless I, of what the number next to their name is in the bracket. 
but I don't I, think it's going to be a one or a two seed just because they're going to. It's a tough schedule. They're going to pick I, up losses. I do hope for our sake that in February when they do that early bracket reveal that Kentucky is one of the top sixteen seeds and that they can stay in that by selection Sunday. And a lot of that will be like dependent on, you know, I don't think this team's going to get upset by like bad mid majors here or there. I'm not worried about that, uh, which is good. If you're worried about that, you're probably not going to be all that great. But that's why those that gun those home games in the out of conference are going to be huge. Like you're going to need to beat Gonzaga at home. If you can beat Miami at home, those are going to be two signature wins that are going to look great on selection Sunday. And then Kansas in the Champions Classic, I think most UK fans are going to be realistic that that could be tough. I don't think impossible. I think it should be a good game, but that could be tough. But if you can steal one there, I think it's going to be Ohio State in the CBS Sports Classic. I feel good about that. Wikipedia says UNC. I don't think UK is playing UNC this year, but Ohio State or UNC, those are winnable games. Take care of those. Out of conference games are going to be big for UK selection Sunday. And Roush, specifically, if you want to see UK in that little preview in February, what they do in the out of conference in November and December is going to play a big role in that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's the the stat, and I, I don't have it in front of my face, but th- I know that for a fact they're two and six in their last eight in the Champions Classic, CBS Sports Classic, and the the top 25 teams, it's, it's, it's not great either. Getting some of those more key wins, those feel-good wins on Saturdays in December, right? Like that, I mean, hell, just be, beating Miami would be uh, just a huge shot in the arm. So I'm just uh, – Man, just to get that sort of big win feeling back. And I I know we got it some last year. And it was just like, it was always on the heels of some like a disaster, seemingly. Like you had the senior night disaster to Vanderbilt. And then you went and beat Arkansas. And Toppin and Reeves just went bananas. So like having like more, uh, so we've had some highs. But let's just not like mix in just the worst lows in between. Like let's just keep it a little bit. It'd be nice to be a little bit steadier. But that might be asking too much uh, from from a group of young freshmen. There's probably going to be some volatility. Texture on the Thornton sex line says, the fan base doesn't fight as much when KSR Matt dude's on vacation. Crazy how peaceful it's been. Well, there's also been a lot of good news lately. Yeah, that happens. Uh, there's been, what, four commitments in two weeks on the basketball front? Or no, five. Five since Ooh, June 11th. They've been hot. And then... There's been six football commitments in the last 10 days, too. Like, it's just, there's been a lot of good news. Yeah, there has been. Uh, Texter says, I liked House Hunters, but Cat, tired of the bead necklace creator and professional hiker having a budget of 750000 That's really <laughs> Yeah, that's right. It'd be like, all right, so and it's all scripted. It'd be like, so what are we working with today? Well, our budget is nine, $900,000 to $1.2 million. Oh, that's great. We're going to be able to find something amazing in that. What do you two do? Uh, my husband watches birds, and I teach a little yoga studio just down the road. <laughs> it's like, wait, um, what was your budget again? You said the husband uh, just watches birds? Yeah, it's not a, actually a profession. It's just that's what he does. He that's what he birds. does. He watches uh, he's actually, birds. look at him. He's over there. He's watching birds right now. Which, and the camera pans, and he's just pointing at a bird. I love the tweet that has become a meme where it's like, just the older you get, the more you realize that you're naturally just becoming a bird watcher. And it's like, oh, yeah. Like, I I get very like, oh, look at that bird over there. Ooh. <laughs> that actually is totally true. I, I'm not <laughs> so true. That now. Billy Big Blue says, poop scoots. 
Man, that's an all-time. Uh, I, I hope that clips that and the Haley Minogue Jack Harlow smell just some all-time great clips on KRC that we'll we'll probably never hear again. TJ, I'll I get, still haven't heard the Haley Minogue clip. I'll get them made show. this weekend. Good grief! It was oh, only what goodness, two goodness, months ago? That. Three months ago? <laughs> Almost two. Beating Gonzaga would be huge. They're going to rack up conference wins no matter how bad they are, and will be ranked at the end of the season. Oh yeah, that's why I thought the series with Gonzaga was a good idea. It's because the losses aren't going to hurt. Like, they're always just going to win as long as they're in a crappy conference. So the loss won't hurt you because it'll be against a team that will probably be projected to be a seed, a, a seed four or better. So they would be like a one, two, or three, or four seed at worst, a four most likely. And then wins are just for the exact same reason. You know, you'll get a win over a team that likely will be a top four seed. So that's why the Gonzaga series I like. It's pretty low risk, high reward, but you need to you need to win it. You need to win this season. You don't need Nolan Hickman coming in here and outshining you. Okay, that's our show. Everybody Man. have a great uh, great weekend. Yeah, enjoy it. Hope it's a blast, folks. Miss anything else? Anything Anything we need to predict? Tell people what to look out for. Uh, Watch out for scoots on the golf course today, I guess. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Hey, hey, the Sandlot kids are going to be at uh, the Bats game on Sunday. Oh, I might go I, out to that. Yeah, that's exciting yeah. too. All right, everybody, have a good weekend. Be safe. Thanks for all the texts into the show this week. It was a lot of fun. We will be back Monday, so join us 7 a.m. Monday, and we're going to make it a very patriotic KRC Fourth of July special on the third of July. We'll see you then 7 a.m. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Radio. Roll Call. Here I go again.